0: Hi there, and welcome to Vineyard Church, Delaware County's podcast. My name is Michael Hansen. I'm the lead pastor here at the church, and I am so glad that you have joined us for this week's message. I'm going to have a little bit more to say at the end, but for now, enjoy the teaching. A series uh, called Belonging, uh, What It Means to Be a Member at VCDC. First weekend, I kicked it off uh, by looking at or focusing on defining church. And if you remember, I did that by... Uh, looking at the biblical imagery uh, where it talks about the church as, as a body, one body, many parts, with Jesus uh, as the head. And then uh, that first weekend, I also introduced our anchor scripture and an anchor quote. So, would you read this with me? Here's our anchor scripture. Let's read this together. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Okay, and let's read the quote together. Church is not something we go to, but something we belong to. All right? Uh, so that was the first week, and Last weekend, via satellite from an undisclosed location, uh, Andrew, <laughs> Andrew talked about a, a unified church. And and hey, for our online people, we had some technical difficulties last weekend. It's all fixed. The whole message, the whole service is available now on YouTube. But uh, Andrew talked about being a unified church. And he, uh, he used some, really some super helpful uh, language, maybe even convicting language. Remember, remember he talked about uh, this whole thing, this language of core beliefs versus peripheral beliefs. Do you remember that? And, and what he was talked about, I thought he did such a great job just in reminding us that what holds the church together, what holds this body together is not necessarily our agreement over the different issues of, of our time, whether they're cultural, political, theological even. But really what, what, what holds us together is our agreement uh, uh, on the belief that Jesus truly is the Son of God. And that Jesus is the head of the church and that Jesus is the savior of the world. So that was week two. And then uh, this weekend, I'm going to focus on another aspect of what it means to belong to the church, uh, to be a member of this church. And uh, this weekend, we're looking at uh, being a functioning church. And I don't think it should come as uh, any surprise that when you look at the church as a body, one body, many parts, with Jesus as the head... That for this body to be healthy and effective, we not only need to be connected to each other and connected to Jesus, to the head, but we also need to be functioning. Like each part needs to be active, doing uh, doing its part. I mean, just consider the human body, right? Like for me to be healthy, for me to do the things I need to do, I need every part uh, uh, doing what they were made to do. Uh, here's some really cool human body facts. Uh, Did you know about 200 muscles are used when you take a single step? That's why I'm so tired. Like 200 muscles. I thought that was funny. It takes food seven seconds to go from the mouth to the stomach via the esophagus or esophagus, as we say here. Uh, In one day, your heart beats 100,000 times. Every drop of blood in your body is filtered by your body over 300 times a day. That's amazing. It takes about 20 seconds for a red blood cell to circle the whole body. Here's some COVID fun. A sneeze can exceed the speed of 100 miles an hour. Uh, Relax. Uh, And then finally, there are 60,000 miles of blood vessels in each human body. 60,000 miles. That's two and a half times around planet Earth. That's amazing. So, so now, if God put that much, uh, that much detail into the functioning of the human body, well, I think it's fair to say then that he has put the same detail into, into the church body. Meaning, for us to be healthy, for us to be effective as a church body, it is necessary that each part, right? And remember, in, in, in the church, the different parts are people, right? It's, it's necessary for each part to be active, to be functioning, be doing what it was made to do. So that's where I'm going this weekend. Let's pray, and then uh, then we'll jump in. So Lord, we thank you. Uh, we thank you for your faithfulness to this church. Just praying for Ben and Olivia. It's just so exciting, Lord. Knowing that JT and Laura are are you know are, are starting this weekend too. I we just thank you for for your faithfulness, and uh, we just pray blessing again on these two churches. Lord, I pray. Uh, that you'd come here tonight, you'd come close. I thank you that you know everybody in the room and I pray that you would uh, just be very personal tonight in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so our first point will be a quick point, but it's a very important point. Number one is family chores, family chores. Now, uh, we're talking about functioning church. What does uh, it look like to be a functioning church? I'm gonna start to answer that question by... Uh, sharing from our Vision and Values class. If you've never gone through Vision and Values, it is our pathway to membership. Last Saturday in the cafe, we had a wonderful group of folks who, uh, who took that class. And I wanna share from the Vision and Values to the curriculum that we have, I wanna share one of the commitments uh, for a new member, and there are uh, six commitments. Basically, you know, this is uh, a person who signs on the dotted line to become a member at, here at VCDC. It goes like this. By joining VCDC, you are committing to participate in the family chores. We try hard to create and sustain a culture of family. And like most families, in order to be healthy, it requires each one to do their part. I don't think that's a big news flash. I think that's pretty straightforward. But, you know, I was thinking, have you, you know, have you realized how in the Bible, the Bible oozes with with the principle, really the command to serve others? Like, just think of Jesus. Jesus comes to earth, he's the king of all kings, and he comes to earth, and what does he say? Hey, I have not come to be served, but rather I have come to serve, right? That's the example of Jesus. Uh, We're taught in the Bible uh, that we're taught to freely receive, and after we freely receive, do we ask for more? No, after we freely receive, we're taught to freely give. We're taught over and over in the Bible to value others over and above ourselves. And then the last two weekends, there's a scripture that we looked at out of John that basically says, hey, church, you know, the way that we love each other, the way that we treat each other, the way that we serve each other will be, you know, really will will show the world, will be a neon sign to the world that we really are followers uh, followers of, of Jesus, and and all of this, you know, uh, this serving and loving—it's all walked out when we when we gather together on the weekends. You know, whether it's here or in small groups, and and um, and it's all walked out in how we serve each other. And every weekend, um, it takes a lot of volunteers to make this to make this place work. Uh, we have ushers, greeters, coffee makers worship teams, kids' ministry, middle school ministry, food pantry, kids' ministry, sound and projection text, kids' ministry, uh, praying for each other, medical clinic, all these different things, all these family chores. So again, first point is quick but very important. Let me encourage you, if you consider this your church home, and if you're not yet serving in some way, would you consider, would you please consider uh, serving in some way? I, I promise you it will be really good for your heart. Uh, It's really good for the human heart to serve, to serve others. So here's the infomercial for more information on needs and descriptions of the different chores. Please go to the info counter after the service, or if you're online uh, or have downloaded the church center app, you can press the volunteer button and uh, you'll, you'll sign your life away. No, you won't, you won't, but there's a lot of information there. Okay. So that's the first point. Done. Family chores again—very uh, uh, short but very important. But now, in defining, you know, uh, functioning church—if that was it, what I just said in that first point—if that was what it means—if that was the full definition of functioning church—I think that would be that would be confusing, right? I think I, I think that would be confusing. And, and what I mean is this: like, it's it's kind of like if if. If the definition of functioning church, functioning church is, well, you just need to volunteer at your church on the weekend, I think that would be confusing because, okay, wait a minute, I'm at church for like two hours a week maybe. Uh, what do I do in the other, what is it, 166 hours of my week? right? The other, what is it, 98% or whatever. So, so what do we do then? I want to continue now to define uh, being a functioning church for the rest of our lives when when we leave here. All right. Does that make sense? Okay. Okay. That's good. That's good. I thought I I heard a, (coughs) so that's good. So number two, number two is this personal faith, public reality, personal faith, public reality. So what does that mean? Well, uh, a guy that I've been listening to a lot is a, a Christian teacher named Dallas Willard. He's awesome. And Dallas Willard, this is really, this little phrase is, is kind of his way of defining this. Is the, this is the Christian life. The Christian life is when a human being uh, is made aware of the reality, the presence, the love of God. And oh, and that human being takes a step towards God and, and enters into a relationship with God, which is a, you know, which is a very real and personal relationship with God. But Dallas Willard would say, "But it's not meant to stop there, right? Like, like now, now that personal faith is is to impact the way we live our lives, our public reality. Okay, so so our personal faith, our relationship with God, of course, it should impact. You know, when we gather on the weekends or in your small groups, etc. But uh, that personal faith, like, it doesn't stop when we exit the building." Right, like now, now it must also impact our everyday lives. So let me ask you a question. You know, we're learning that uh, we are the body of Christ, one body, many parts, uh, with Jesus as the head, every part necessary, et cetera, et cetera. So here's the question. Are we still the body of Christ uh, when we leave here? It's not a trick question. Yeah, you're like, oh, I know he's setting us up. I'm not setting you up, right? I'm setting myself up, sort of. Yes, we are still the body of Christ. Like what do we, we you know, last weekend, what did we learn from Andrew? That, that what, what uh, holds this body together, what unites this body is not our proximity to each other, is it? It isn't. Although when we gather together, it's encouraging. I know I look forward to it. It's, you know, it's, I'm energized when we get together, but it's not our proximity that holds us together. What is it that holds us together? It is Jesus, the right, the number one answer in church, right? It's, it's Jesus, Jesus, all these different parts held together in Jesus. So when we leave here, wherever we go, we are still the body of Christ. And so from that perspective, what does a functioning church look like? Well, I, I guess the right answer would be, well, if we're his body, well, then I guess wherever we go, we, we would look like Jesus, and I'm looking around the room and I know, you know, most faces in this room. And I'm sure we would all agree with that. But I think if we were honest, we would say, but, but what does that actually look like? Right? Like, like what's, what's, what's the expectation on me then, you know, as, as a part of this body? Well, I've got something I want to try here. I want to see if this helps. If this doesn't help you, my name is Andrew Hudson. But if it, uh, if it does, <laughs> Andrew. So, so don't put the picture up yet, Jim. But if I say to you, church, we are the body of, let's put the first picture up. Church, we are the body of LeBron James. Okay, now stay with me. We are the body of LeBron James. What would our function be? Basketball. So think about this. That means the body of LeBron James. Every part of his body, what's the focus? We're we're playing basketball. Yeah? Wow. Okay, let's look at the next picture. Okay, what if I said to you, church, we are the body of? Taylor Swift. Yeah, I don't need opinions here, but what <laughs> what, what would our function be? What would, it, what would it be? Singing, songwriting, cashing royalty checks, right? I mean, it would be, but, but that would mean every part of the body. What would our, we would be all about doing what Taylor Swift does. Okay, one more. Uh, church, uh, we are the body of, look at this third one, Elon Musk. No opinions, please. But... If that's the case, what would our function be? Probably what? Invent. What? (laughs) Making cars. Yeah, very cool cars. But inventing. The guy is amazing. Right? We would be all about inventing, wouldn't we? Every part of the body. Okay? So when I say to us, church, we are the body of Christ, what's our function? Well, hey, well, that's even better than what I was going to say serving. Let's stop here. This is great. Go sign up. No, Uh, we do what he does, right? We, that means every part of the body. What are we all about when we leave, right? What are we all about? We are all about doing what Jesus would do. That's what a functioning church looks like both when we gather and when we scatter. We're, we're doing what Jesus did. I found this cool quote. I don't know who said it in defining a follower of Jesus or a disciple. It says this, it isn't just learning what the rabbi knows. It's becoming who the rabbi is. And again, rabbi, that's, you know, they call Jesus that. It means teacher. But just think about this. Like, did you know that that that's God's plan for our lives? Like, Like, it's not to fulfill our every desire and dream. It isn't. His desire, his plan for all of us is to make us like Jesus, that we would do what Jesus did. So what did Jesus do? Well, I mean, we could be here a long time, but you know, one of the things I'd encourage you to do if you haven't read the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John in a while, I would read them again because they're just stories about Jesus, what he said, what he did, etc. cetera. Uh, but, but for today, let me answer that question this way. Now there's a story in the book of Luke where uh, uh, it's at the very beginning of the ministry of Jesus and like, he's basically going public and he goes into a Jewish synagogue, you know, a gathering and it would have been, you know, Jewish people there. And they, what they would do is they would read and teach from Old Testament uh, scrolls. And on this day, Jesus, he goes in and he gets up to read and the attendant, you know, hands him the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. And something I had never seen before, it says that when, Jesus, when they handed Jesus the scroll, it says that Jesus found the place where it is written which, and I don't, I think this is significant. It's not like they just handed it to him and said, oh, well, and last week we ended off here. It's like Jesus goes, no, I, I know what I want to read. This is really important. He found this. So we really need to listen up. So what, he, what, he, what he's about to read is, is quoting out of Isaiah 61. And here's what Jesus said, uh, Luke four eighteen. Jesus read this. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now, there's so much we could draw from this little story, but, but what I want to draw from it is in quoting the, the, the prophet Isaiah at the start of his earthly ministry, basically Jesus is getting up and he's saying, hey, let me tell you what I've come to do. Let me tell you what my job description is. And if that was his job description, now it's his body. That means it's also our job description. We're we're proclaimers. We're proclaimers of of good news. Of you know we we're, we're, we speak we we proclaim good news and then we demonstrate good news. We're here to set the oppressed free, to you know see the sick healed, etc. To proclaim you know that the favor of God. And Basically, it's you know we're proclaimers to say, hey, Jesus is real. Jesus is here. Jesus can set you free. Jesus can make Jesus can make a difference in your life. I mean, that's what Jesus did. And that's what Jesus now continues to do through us, the functioning church, the body of Christ. As we go about that, you know, 98%, the, all this stuff of our lives, as we interact with people at home and at work uh, uh, and at school, uh, you know, wherever we go, we go as the body of Christ. And through uh, both words and actions, we proclaim the good news. It's, it's that simple, isn't it? And if we're honest, we'd say, well, yeah, but no. <laughs> It's not that simple. Because for most of us, we would respond to that by saying, actually, that's really intimidating. That's really overwhelming. Um, because who am I? And what do I have? You know, what do I have to give that could possibly help? help? Or even if I, if I did start, I don't even know where I would start doing all, doing all that stuff. Well, uh, I have good news for us. Very biblical uh, and practical good news. Uh, two things we can learn from Jesus as a, as a functioning church. Uh, yeah, functioning church. First, Jesus, at the start of his ministry, when he quoted Isaiah 61, the first thing he said was what? It was, the spirit of the Lord is on me. Hey, that's super significant, because Jesus, basically what he's saying is he's like, hey, hey, everyone, listen up. What I'm about to say to you, right, all this wonderful stuff, That I'm going to do, right? My job description, understand that it is made possible by the spirit of the Lord that is on me. So that's, that should be really encouraging to us because Jesus went on to say a little later in Acts 1, 8, he said to his followers, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So we aren't just sort of, you know, pushed out the door, like, get out there and, you know, be like Jesus. Like, we aren't just called into it. We're fully, fully equipped, just like Jesus. We are we're filled with the Holy Spirit, right? We're empowered. We're empowered to be his witnesses, empowered to be the body of Christ, wherever we are. So that's, that's the first encouragement. And that should be encouraging because that really is a, that's a game changer. Second one is this. Uh, Jesus also said this in reference uh, to the work that he did. There's a story um, where, you know, Jesus was constantly challenged by the uh, Pharisees, right? The religious leaders. And they just, they just didn't know what to do with Jesus. And, and so at one time they were saying like, like, come on, who do you think you are? to be saying all this stuff and doing all this stuff. And Jesus responded this way in John 5, 19. He gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. Okay, don't go by that too quickly. This is Jesus talking. I can't do anything by myself. I can only do what uh, what I see my father doing, right? Because what the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these so that you will be amazed. So like what Jesus said, what Jesus modeled is so, should be, and is so encouraging to us. And it really teaches us basically his MO, his, you know, the way that he lived his life is, well, you know, the way I walk out my job description is I'm just looking for what my father's doing. And when he shows me what he's doing, I then, filled with the spirit of God, I then engage with, with what he's doing. And that's super, super important for us when we look at the example of Jesus. And, and why is that? Well, here, here's why. Uh, remember last weekend when Andrew was talking, he had on a uh, black blouse. And it said, it said, everyone gets to play. Play everyone gets to play. Now that is a quote from John Wimber. If you don't know who John Wimber was, was, he he was raised up by God to start the Vineyard Movement in the late 70s. And that quote came out of Wimber's hunger to do what Jesus did, to do the stuff of Jesus. And um, when he tells his story, he has a very, very humorous, he's a, a great speaker, very humorous, Story. When he tells his story, he talks about one of the first times that he went to a church service. You know, he's a grown man. He's married. He has children. Uh, He was a uh, a musician in Las Vegas. Super talented musician. And because his wife really wanted to go, he went to this church and he talks about how when he went to the church, he got in trouble because he was smoking on the porch of the church. Like, you can't do that here. And, but after the service, he, uh, he shares in his story how, I, I don't know if it was a pastor, I don't remember that, who he talked to, but he basically went up to this pastor and said something like this, like, hey, hey when, and he had his Bible in his hand, hey, when do we get to do this stuff? And the pastor said, what stuff? And Wimber looked at him and said, the stuff in the Bible. When do we get to do the stuff that this Jesus guy did? And this pastor responds, oh, no, 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 no. We just talk about the stuff. We don't actually do it. Now, that was like a foom for Wimber. And, and when we look to the, to the vineyard, really the DNA of the vineyard, from the very beginning, there has been a strong conviction and a strong invitation that everyone gets to play. Everyone gets to do, uh, gets to do the stuff that, that Jesus did. And whether you're young or old, male, female, it's not just for the pastors, not just for the pros. Like, it's for everyone. Everyone gets to do the stuff. And I remember as a teenager, when I first went to the church, to the Vineyard Church, uh, I remember when I heard this and I, and I, and I saw it, I remember thinking, What? you mean the Christian life isn't just all about avoiding sin or at least covering up the sin in my life? You mean we actually get to do stuff? Like, you mean we actually get to do what Jesus did? And I remember as a teenager, it just lit me on fire. When we would gather on the weekends, I would be praying for people. I'd get up giving words. I'd be prophesying. And I, I was probably so far off so many times, but they were very patient with me. You know, I really jumped in with both feet. Uh, in those days, I worked at a big office, a secular job. And like, I was, well, I'm surprised I didn't get fired because I was like, anyone that was sick, hey, can I pray for you? I was laying hands on people, telling everyone about Jesus. I'd go out, I'd be with customers looking for what the Father's doing. And I'd be, you know, telling about Jesus and, and laying hands on all these strangers. And for quite a while, that was, that was really cool. Um, but, and I hope this makes sense, but at a certain point, I became aware that I was getting a little burned out of doing what the father's doing and, and like really starting to get, get weary. Cause you know what I noticed is like, man, I don't have time to do my job because there's like sick people everywhere, you know? And I, and I honestly, honestly, I started, I, I was getting weary and it was like a weary of a, a pressure to perform, to do the stuff right? Everyone gets to play. It's now, it's sort of turned like everyone better play sort of thing. And I just remember just being, getting weary. And I actually started to avoid people. I especially avoided sick people. That's before social distancing was cool. And, and so what, what was going on? Okay. What was going on? And I think this is important. And and this might be a little extreme, but I'm making a point. This is sort of what was going on. Uh, We need to be wary of a Messiah complex, And again, it's a little strong, but what is the Messiah complex? It's a state of mind in which an individual holds a belief that they are destined to become a savior today or in the near future. The term can also refer to a state of mind in which an individual believes that they are responsible for saving or assisting others. And and that last part especially, that's what was wearing me out. I suddenly felt responsible for every need around me but that's not accurate because like, that's not even what Jesus did. Think about Jesus. There were, there were a few times where you know, he healed all who came to him, but there were many times. There were many times where he, you know, when you look at his life, it's like he, he seemed to live his life quite strategically, almost like he was being led. Mm-hmm. Like, right? John, John 5, 19. He lived his life each day looking for, expecting the Father's guidance. And think of the life of Jesus, the Savior of the world. There were many times that Jesus walked away from need, didn't he? So, like, I, I love this because this example of Jesus, it both models a personal faith, but it also gives wisdom to living out the public reality of that faith. And, and here's what I mean. Um, I really like going for walks. And <clears throat> many times when I go for walks, there's, you know, whether it's a sidewalk or a, or a trail, uh, I'll notice that there's, there's pieces of garbage lying all over the place, right? And uh, for as long as I can remember, I've always had this high level, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, uh, res- lev- high level of responsibility that for some reason, I'm supposed to pick up every piece of garbage, I don't know if I'm alone in that. But like literally, uh, when I would go out walking, like I don't do that. But there are times where like there's like a low-level guilt. Right? Because I'm out for this walk to to relax. And I'm like, you know, uh, I'm like, I'm not picking up all that garbage. You should pick up all that garbage. I don't want to pick up, I'm not a garbage man. I'm not picking up all that. And I that's sometimes uh, you know, I hear voices, and no, I'm but that's sometimes there's a little battle going on. And I remember. This was last year in November. I was out for a walk. Again, uh, plenty of garbage along the way, needing pickup. Uh, but as, and I wasn't picking any up. But as I walked along, I, I walked and I noticed there was, a, there was a, an empty water bottle just twisted up, lined by the, by the trail or by the sidewalk. And I literally had this thought, very clear, more like a voice, went through my mind and basically said, hey, why don't you pick up that bottle and drop it in your recycling box when you get home. And I didn't even think about it. I just went, oh yeah, okay. And I picked it up and I started walking again. And like 10 feet down the the sidewalk, of course I noticed there's another bottle lying there. And I saw that bottle and I thought, oh boy, I guess I should probably pick up that one too. And all of a sudden that same voice said this in my, I heard this in my mind. No, you don't have to pick that one up. I'll get someone else to do that. And, and I don't think I'm like, for me, I literally stopped and went, wait a minute. I think there's something bigger going on than just picking up garbage here. I think, I believe that was the father teaching me something. Son, you're not the savior of the world. And that's a good thing for the world. But you, I, I know you have a job to do. I know you have a life to live. Like, like, like literally, I felt like he was showing me what he was doing and, and what he wanted me to do and what he didn't want me to do. Does that make sense? Why don't, we, why don't we have the worship team come back? You know, that experience really, that reminded me of something Jesus once said. And I'll end with this. John 15, 15, Jesus said this to his followers. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you servants friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. Now, if this is all you hear tonight, listen to this. That is a functioning church. That's a functioning church. That's a gathering of people who are increasingly not only understanding, but experiencing uh, what, it, what it's like to be friends with God. Isn't that what the Bible, isn't that what, it, what we just read? And from that place, from that very personal faith, now growing in our expectation, growing in our ability to recognize, growing in our, our courage to participate with whatever the Father invites us into. Let me just give you a quick little phrase uh, that I encourage you to you know, write it down. or like, It's this simple. It's pray for it, watch for it, and go for it. Pray for it. Pray for, Father, show me. Show me. And, here, and here's the thing about this. Like just imagine just in this room or I don't know how many people are online. I'm sure there are thousands, but, but just in, you know, this, just this gathering of people, suddenly what I'm talking about puts incredible value and potential on every one of our lives that, that like, like if we just set out each day and, and we prayed for it, God show me, we watched for it. And when we saw it, knowing that we're filled with the spirit of God, that we just stepped into it and we would go for it. Like, just think of the impact that we could have on our neighborhoods and on our, our communities, et cetera. Why don't we stand up? We'll stop there. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. I hope that what you heard has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. For more information and to contact us, go to vcdc.org. We'll bless you. Have a wonderful week.